Hey there, welcome back to what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely, going to entertain you this week, at least tell you where you can find entertainment around Barry, in parks, and on rooftops. Really? Barry Colts hope to be able to entertain you too as they begin a new season. A couple of preseason games played already. We'll get a look at the team's prospects for this year. But first, a lot of activity on the streets this week with the return to school. More feet on the ground, more vehicles on the roads, more for everyone to keep an eye on. Police have stepped up their patrols. Several drivers already charged for speeding in school zones, including a teacher in Durham region. Late for class, perhaps? Speed not the only concern, as we learn from Tracy Marshall, manager of community relations at CAA South Central Ontario. People dropping off and picking up their kids from school, parking on both sides of the street, clogging neighborhoods, some of them parking on an angle at corners. Well, our survey that we recently did kind of agrees with that. Um, So back in May of 2022, CAA conducted a survey through Dig Insight and found that uh, parents are seeing a lot of those same behaviors that you're referring to. So speeding is a big one, double parking and stopping in undesignated areas to drop and pick up their kids. I know a lot of people have no choice but to to drop their kids off and and pick them up in the afternoon. They live a long way from the school. But are are there a lot of people that you find, uh, was it part of the survey, that uh, live close to the school that are doing the same thing as opposed to walking their kids to and from school? It's definitely a mix. So, I mean, we've got a range of traffic that we'll see in school zones. So pedestrians, cars, and school buses. So um, a lot of a lot, that mix is what's going to be in school zones these first few weeks as people are getting used to their new routines. So we're just encouraging everybody to be as safe as possible. Slow down. That's the easiest thing you can do. Everyone's going to be very excited to see their friends and classmates. So we're just encouraging safety. One of the big things I remember from when I was a kid was watching uh, for, for kids darting out between parked cars. That is definitely something that we're encouraging drivers to do. Kids just are so excited to see their friends and classmates again and may not always be watching for that. Um, If they're walking with a parent, they may have a little bit of help. But we all know that sometimes it's just not possible to stop a child who's excited to see their friends. So as drivers, we're, we're really just encouraging you to be extra vigilant when traveling through school zones. You really have to have eyes in the back of your head. I'm also reminded of, of driving school where uh, the, the instructor uh, drilled into us at, at every opportunity, keep your eyes moving. Absolutely. You know, you're not wrong there. Um, and again, it's important to remember that the new schedules are happening to everybody, the bus drivers, the parents, and the students. Uh, so the more we can all do to slow down and keep things moving, the, the better for the kids. Their, their, their safety is priority number one. Speaking of buses, something new on uh, them this year, another set of flashing lights. Yes. School buses in Ontario are now equipped with an amber and red upper flashing light system. So we're all used to, or those who have experienced buses, are used to the red upper flashing light system. The new system, um, there will be amber lights that will turn on as the bus slows down, and this should indicate to drivers to be cautious and slow down as well. And then once the bus comes to a complete stop, those upper red lights and the stop arm will be activated. And that, as we know, indicates to come to a complete stop when you're approaching a bus from behind or in front. I'm surprised at the number of reports we get of people not stopping for for school buses when the red lights are flashing. They seem to increase every year despite all of the awareness. You know, I think what 
people need to remember is that it's the law. It's an offense to pass a stop school bus with its red lights flashing and that stop arm extended. Uh, fines for that first, even a first offense can range up to $2,000 and up to six demerit points. I don't think anybody wants to start a school year that way. Leave a little bit of extra time in the morning to, to compensate for the fact that these school zones, if you're traveling through, are going to be busier. And it's not just drivers that have to be careful. We talked about kids uh, darting in between parked cars. Parents need to have a chat with their kids. Parents need to talk to each other, too, about their behaviors. But uh, what kinds of things should parents be talking to their kids about? Point out uh, important areas, a stop sign, a crosswalk. Explain to your kids how to get through that. Uh, Watch for cars backing out of driveways if you're walking on sidewalks. Those are all really important things. And as a parent, one of the easiest things you can do, actually, to ease congestion in school zones would be, um, you know, choose a safe spot to drop off and pick up your child. So it might not be in the school zone. It might be just outside the school zone. So the kids get a little bit of walking in, but you're easing the congestion, which is always helpful. Bottom line is we're all in this together. We all have to be extra vigilant from the kids right through to the the parents, the teachers and, and other drivers on the road. I agree. Slow down, follow the rules of the road near school buses, and I think everyone will have a great start to the year. Tracy, thanks so much for your advice uh, and and the survey uh, pointing a few things out to us, and uh, good luck getting your kids back to class. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Tracy Marshall is Manager of Community Relations at CAA South Central Ontario. Some high-in-the-sky entertainment in Barrie over the next couple of weekends. Giants in the Sky features musicians, actors, and other entertainers in some unexpected places. Barrie 360's Ian McLennan gets the lowdown from Talk is Free Theatre Artistic Director Michael Toronto. So Giants in the Sky takes place over two weekends this month. Tell us about the programming and what the public can expect to see in downtown Barrie. Um, over the course of the two weekends, we have a wide variety of programming that uh, it's all free, uh, all free admission. Um, either people can go to our website, www.tift.ca, and uh, check out the festival calendar and can follow along and go from one performance to the next as they wish. Or you're going to probably, if you're walking around downtown uh, during the weekend, you're going to stumble across a bunch of these different performances because they're going to be on balconies and fire escapes and rooftops all scattered throughout uh, the, the downtown core. Um, and so maybe you might stumble upon it and see and say, hey, what's this? And then we're going to have some information there. You'll be able to scan a QR code and uh, you can follow along and say, oh, um, local Barry artist Carly Akins is going to be performing her uh, brand new album over here at the Meridian stage. And anyway, it's, it's going to be an exciting variety of theater, musical theater, comedy, a little bit of puppetry, that sort of thing. Of course, I guess the name fits then, right? Giants in the Sky? That's correct. Uh, that's we um, since we did we had some great success with our production of Into the Woods uh, actually a couple of them and we were just nominated for a, uh, a Dora Award in Toronto for our for best or outstanding production rather for Into the Woods um, we took the title of one of the songs Giants in the Sky and decided to riff on that a little bit uh, and uh, and put our performances a little bit closer to the sky um, audience members will be will actually be watching from the ground. Um, but, uh, for example, we have a performance that's happening on the, uh, the hooligans patio up top and audience members will be, uh, down below or just across the street because the uh, performers are going to be singing out towards the park. Why was Barry chosen to host this and where else has this unique type of theater been performed? 
Oh, well, um, it's more, a little bit less about why Barry was chosen and more just because uh, over the course of the pandemic, um, at Talkers Free Theatre, we were doing our best to be able to find ways for performers to still perform. Um, and the only way that people were able to really actually legally do that was outside. So we, we had a couple of smaller festivals that we put in uh, backyards and porches and that sort of thing. So since I became artistic director around this time last year, I thought, you know, I would really like to do something similar if I can in, during my tenure. And, uh, and I was going, and like I said, I was going to do something similar to that, but then the idea grew. And so it just made sense for us to, uh, to reach out to our, a lot of our TIFT artists that we normally work with and find some new friends as well. And we ended up putting together this larger extravaganza. <laughs> and based on the feedback that you'll likely get, is this something that you believe could, you know, carry over for a second time? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, we're looking at this as sort of like a, an end of the summer celebration. We realize that it's going to start getting colder and maybe this is going to be so, uh, the last time that people are going to be spending wandering the streets because they're not going to want to be staying outside so much. So we thought we would give everybody something to really enjoy as fall starts to set in. Anything else you would like to add? Logistically speaking, there are a couple of performances that while they're all still free, um, some of them are ticketed. So um, if people go to our website, uh, as I said before, www.tift.ca, they can find that there are three performances that uh, it's clearly marked which ones they would actually need tickets for, um, just because they're more, they're, more um, they're actually a complete play. So uh, it, it would be sort of awkward for somebody to come in halfway through and miss half the story. So we would want, uh, we want to make sure that people understand that they can see the entire thing. Well, I should ask, how long do these performances last? I mean, some are on a balcony or on a rooftop. There's no stage curtain, nothing like that, right? That's right. So uh, with, uh, with the plays, that's why we did them ticketed, so people have an understanding that it's sort of a commitment, right? Um, but with most of the ones that are on, on balconies and rooftops, they're more, those are more musical, uh, like just performances of series of songs. So it's something that you can stop, you can take them in for a little while. Uh, many of them are about half an hour to 45 minutes, um, and uh, actually most of them are about half hour to 45 minutes. Uh, and once that performance wraps up, maybe 15, 20 minutes later, uh, three doors down, there's going to be somebody else. So, uh, so as you take in as much or as little as you want, then you will stumble upon somebody else a little bit further down the road. Giants in the Sky taking place over two weekends in September. Thank you for speaking with us, Michael. Thank you. Barry 360's Ian McLennan in conversation with Talk is Free Theatre Artistic Director Michael Toronto. Giants in the Sky begins this weekend with performances on a downtown fire escape, the roof of the Barry Library, and more. What Barry's talking about is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. You can make it easy to connect by subscribing to what Barry's talking about through podcast distributors such as Spotify and Apple. Still to come, final weekend for some musical entertainment on the ground in Barry, and the Barry Colts are back on the ice. We get some insight on how the season is shaping up. Now this. This is your cool concert listing. Hey there, this is Amy with this week's Cool Concert Listings. Post Malone and the 12 Carat Tour comes to the Scotiabank Arena September 20th. The weekend brings his rescheduled After Hours Till Dawn Tour to the Rogers Centre September 22nd. 
Brian Adams comes to the Scotiabank Arena October 5th. And October 12th, Scotiabank Arena also welcomes Michael Buble and his higher tour 2022. Moniskin arrives to history in Toronto November 21st and 22nd. And finally, Sarah McLaughlin will be at Casino Rama Resort November 26th. This has been your cool concert listings. For details and ticket information, head over to 1075coolfm.com. Stay up to date at 1075coolfm.com. This is what Barry's talking about. I'm Dan Blakely. From the rooftops of Barry to the grass in the parks, final weekend of Play the Parks coming up. Barry 360's MJ finds out more about the program and if it'll be back next year from Greg Groon, Executive Director of the Central Ontario Music Council. This is a music series that's been going on a couple of weeks, actually, but it's still, uh, it's not over yet. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what exactly it is? Absolutely. Um, so Play the Park started in Toronto a few years ago. Um, it's a project that was started by the, by Canada's Music Incubator and sponsored by Toronto Dominion Bank. And after a few successful years in Toronto, they decided they wanted to expand it nationally. Um, and Barry, Barry was one of the uh, cities that was lucky enough to be chosen. So the intention is just to bring music into public spaces um, where people don't necessarily always expect it. So we want to bring it to public places, that uh, parks where people are kind of relaxing, not necessarily going to see a show, but there is music there um, while they're there. So it uh, gives opportunities for listening for people, uh, performance opportunities for musicians, uh, and kind of highlights the, the musical culture of the region. What's the reception been like so far? It's been good. It's... Um, some of the, there's been significant audiences that have just kind of shown up to see the bands at play, but there's a lot of people that kind of come through on uh, more of a kind of a transient basis too. So people will come by as they're walking, they'll you know sit for 15, 20 minutes, or they'll have their picnic nearby and kind of use the music as a background or kind of an addition to the day, uh, rather than just necessarily always sitting for the both for the full show. So it's been really good so far. So. Yeah, and there's something to be said, you know, you're just like going for a walk and unexpectedly you hear music, it, you know, it kind of brightens your summer a bit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Is this the first year that it's been in Barrie? Yes, this is the first year for Barrie. And like, so far so good, are you hoping that, you know, you'll bring it back for other times or next summer? Or? We definitely hope to bring it back for the future as well. We'd love to do it again next year. Uh, we're, we're kind of, you know, it's like any other new experience. You learn as you go, you grow, uh, it builds uh, over time, so we're definitely hoping to bring it back in the future. So. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. And uh, the reception from the artists, how how they felt about it? Uh, they loved it, actually. The artists have really spoken uh, quite fondly of the events. It's just very different for people, especially like most artists are playing in bars, and um, it's to it tends to be to the same artist to the same kind of crowd all the time. So it really gives them the opportunity to reach a different audience to play in a different kind of environment, which affects the the, the artistry and the way they perform. Um, so the artists have loved it. Greg, I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. That's my pleasure. Thank you. That was Greg Groan, the Executive Director of the Central Ontario Music Council. He shoots, he scores. Barry Colts Hockey is back. They've already played a couple of preseason games, recording a win and a loss. Lots of hope and anticipation heading into this season. Gene Pereira is the color commentator on Colts TV broadcasts, also writes game summaries for Barry 360. Still early, but how are things looking so far, Gene? Uh, I think, you know, this time of year, obviously, uh, you know, you're looking for young players that, uh, you know, get them some uh, games and uh, 
you know, make your final cuts. And, you know, for this very close team, I think they're expected to contend uh, in the Eastern Conference this year. But, uh, you know, a lot of that depends on the return of Brant Clark, who's off the camp of the L.A. Kings. So he's a big part of that. And talking to head coach Marty Williamson, you know, he says a lot of about Clark's return uh, will mean, what you know, what direction they head in. If, it, if Clark does return when you get that kind of special player, uh, the idea is that they'll look to add and try to make a run here. This is the difficult thing for uh, coaches and general managers in the OHL, I think, is the fact that there is this turnover and it comes very quickly. You only have these players for two or three years, some of them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's it's a cycle and, you know, you got to pick your times, you know, when you are going to make that run and other times when maybe you pull back and, uh, and, and look towards the future. For this Colts team, I think they're coming off a disappointing year last year where they thought they could... You know, go a bit further and just suspensions and injuries in that second half and uh, a kind of a crazy schedule result of all the COVID cancellations in the first half. Uh, you know, it, it didn't work out. So they're certainly determined to kind of bounce back here this year. And, uh, you know, they got a good returning core. I think there's about 18 players that were eligible to return to the club this season. We all get very, very excited because we've got some great players. Uh, it looks like they're going to contend and they get into the playoffs and they fall a little bit short. And then all of a sudden those players are gone and you've got a new crop coming in to, to pick up the slack. Yeah, you know, and I mean, obviously for fans, one guy they're going to keep a watch on is the first round pick, Cole Baldwin. He was the 10th overall selection and... Uh, you know, again, his father was a professional uh, hockey player, and, you know, he, he really kind of changed a bit of the mold with, uh, you know, he comes in with a bit more size, and uh, it's something the Colts, I think, wanted to address, and they addressed specifically in this year's draft, you know, with Bowden, the first-round pick, and then Carter Lowe, another big body up front, young player. And those are two guys, I mean, just watching them in the early days of camp, you could really see, uh, you know, how they're going to change things up front, just to, their physicality, their size, obviously. And, you know, watching Bowden, he's got a motor that never stops. And, uh, uh, you know, he finishes his checks, not afraid to kind of go into those so-called dirty areas where you're going to have to be more physical. And I think with his two size, 200 pounds, and he's just 16 years old, and you see him out there, he, he really is going to be a special player down the road. When you get those young players coming in, there's a lot of drive, there's a lot of desire. They want to impress, and, and, and that starts to rub off on some of the older players who have been around and all of the newer players as well. I think it does, Dan. You know, you, you look at the first two, uh, you know, you get those first few days where everybody kind of comes into camp. you got about 50, 55 players in their young guys, and they know, look, there's a couple of days to make their mark, and, you know, they're going to have to be impressive. And, you know, those make up for some great stories, uh, you know, out of camp. And, I mean, you look at guys like Andrew Mangiapane, who was a free agent invite to camp, and, you know, here he is in the NHL today. He made the most of his opportunity. So these young guys know that they got to make the market. For the older guys returning, look, I mean, uh, you know, you got these young guys coming in trying to, you know, fighting for limited spots. And, uh, you know, you kind of can't just go through the paces here, uh, you're going to get tested, and that, that's what these young guys do is push them. And, you know, they don't always uh, end up making the club, but uh, the next year uh, they certainly leave their mark. And, uh, uh, you know, when uh, some players move on, 
uh, then it's their opportunity. You mentioned the question mark uh, revolving around Brant Clark and uh, Coach Williamson, wondering which way he's going to head. What else has the coach said uh, about the team so far? What's he like? What's he looking to improve upon? Um, I think their biggest thing, obviously, with Matt Goose, the moving on, the overage goaltender, uh, goaltending was a big question mark, uh, you know, coming into the offseason for Barry Colson. You know, they've made a couple of moves. They uh, acquired Anson Thornton from Sarnia, and uh, he's an Arizona prospect. And, you know, quite the story himself was taken in the uh, past over in the regular OHL drafts and taken in the midget draft. And, you know, in a short time, he kind of made his mark, was able to make Sarnia. And then uh, he got in as a free agent invite to Arizona camp. And next, you know, the, the Coyotes liked what they saw and they signed him. And, you know, just with Ben Goudreau back there, the, the Hockey Canada goaltender and San Jose prospect, you know, who's going to be the number one goalie there is one of the best goalies in the country, if not in the world right now for his age. Um, I think Thornton, you know, wanted that opportunity to be a number one guy and Barry. You know, they're excited to kind of be able to pick him up in a trade just before uh, the season. And, you know, a guy that they feel could be a number one goalie that's going to get the chance after getting into some limited action behind Goudreau this year. He's going to get an opportunity to be the guy. And as well, they brought in Ben West, another guy who passed on a scholarship. You know, he's going to come in and, and push. And they're two older goalies at 19. But, you know, goaltending seemed to be a big thing coming into the last season. And it was, again, this year for Barry. And they wanted to make sure that that was something that they had, uh, you know, figured to, to have settled before coming into camp this year. Can we put your reputation on the line? Any predictions for the season? <laughs> well, you know, I'd say, you know, last, last year there was a lot of hype that Barry was going to win it all. And, you know, this year I think the expectations are tampered somewhat. But I think this is still going to be a very good hockey club. Uh, you know, when you look at their, they got a strong blue line and, uh, I think the goaltending is really going to, you know, come through uh, with Thornton and West. And uh, up front, they certainly appear to have enough scoring and grit. And I think it's a team that uh, certainly, uh, I think, should win the Central Division, should be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, maybe with a couple of better additions at the deadline, a team that could compete for a championship. Gene, thanks for your time today. Thanks for the insight. We'll look forward to your game day reports uh, as we go through the season. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Gene Pereira is the color commentator for Colts games on Rogers and also writes uh, game summaries and other features on the Colts for Barry 360. And that'll do it for another week. Thanks to MJ, Ian, and Amy for their contributions and to Matt Ladder for pulling it together technically. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to what Barry's talking about, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with what Barry's talking about on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.